0: Hi, this is Joy Kaya, and this is Shree Grace, and we are here to welcome you to the Sacred Living with Joy and Grace podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Sacred Living with Joy and Grace. This is Joy Kaya and this is Sheree Grace. We are excited to be here recording our third episode. Oh my gosh, Sheree, time is moving quickly. I am really enjoying creating these episodes with you. Me too. And uh, today we, as promised, are going to continue the journey of reviewing the three pillars to sacred living and our first pillar we reviewed in our second episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that, we'd love to have you um, catch all three. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the second one. Yes. And it is really powerful and important. And the theme of it really is healing, right? And so we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read it, and then we will open the conversation. All right. So the second pillar is this: opening the doorway to healing. By embracing both light and dark, masculine and feminine, heart and mind, awakening the sacred spiral of universal love, which generates radical aliveness and passion within. Breathe that in. (laughs) Ah, That's like a really good meal (laughs) right there. Um, And immediately, I have to say... um, I, we, we do a bit of meditation before we record our episodes, just so we're really channeling and, and really allowing our ego to get out of the way, our overthinking to get out of the way, and just allow ourselves to be a conduit of healing and love. And um, and you can do it too. And, uh, and And one of the words that I got from this was, you know, the wounded warrior. Yeah. Wow. God, I identify with that guy. You know? And... <laughs> I have actually liked being the wounded warrior at times in my life, but then upon reflection, I realize I am able to accomplish so much more when Mm -hmm. I am the healed warrior. Mm -hmm. When I actually don't feel the need to fight. Right. When I am at ease with what is. Yeah. And I surrender. Yeah. Surrender is a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So um, let's like... Break it down, yo.
1: Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we say opening the door to healing by embracing both light and dark, right? Masculine, feminine, and heart and mind. Like that's a lot. Let's that's talk lot. about that. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a whole lot. Yeah. Well, light and dark. I know we've we've touched on it before in previous episodes. So I know that we've had this conversation a smidge. But the difference between light and dark, um, good or bad,
1: is right that right or really? wrong?
0: Right or wrong? <laughs> right. Um, The yin and yang.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, so for me, it's loving all the parts of who I am. And in our first pillar, we talked about that, right? Like really just weaving all of who we are and, and embracing all of who we are. And in this, we are asking you to do the same. But now we're really starting to dissect what that is. Right. And we are encouraging
1: the introspection, Right, which is where the healing part comes in. So the healing, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, guys, like when we talk about healing work, this isn't always the easiest work to do. Right. Um, If it was easy, I think we'd all be doing it and Mm -hmm. none of us would be in pain, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, this is where we get to really start to um, open our eyes to that. You know, that life isn't happening to us, right? And I think a lot of us probably just just simply by being human, you know, we kind of believed that for many years, you know, like that person did this to me, you know, I can never catch a break, you know, like that sort of thing. But in reality, it's like we really are that powerful, you guys. And I think when we start to embrace the light and the dark, within us, and even around us, actually, we really, really begin to find our power. Mm -hmm. Like, in a way that we had never seen it before. Yeah, Um, When you can just really sit with that icky, ugly stuff that we want to, you know, put under the dark umbrella, right? And when you can really sit in that and just watch yourself really operate there. I know I do that quite a bit. You know, I've Mm -hmm. done... I've been in this uh, self-improvement game for longer than I can remember. And, of course, it started... um, It started with just, you know, like working on some childhood trauma stuff, but then it ended up into an entire career and, you know, but like you gotta, you gotta be able to sit in that and, and embrace it and surrender to it. And then guess what? You get to start to love it. Yeah. Right. And then that's where compassion comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, I always talk about compassion, like. Um, it's beautiful if you can have compassion for others, but the most important is the one where you can have it for yourself. Because when you <laughs> yes. can do that for yourself, you then, like, open up a whole new world to being able to have it for others. Yeah, um, And, like, that's... That's like being really authentic, like yes. being really true to what compassion really, really is. Because how much does it suck, you know, if you're out there and you're like, I, you know, I have a compassion for this and for that and everything, but then you're just beating yourself up inside mm-hmm. for those dark spaces, right? Some of which we really didn't have any control over. Yes.
0: You know? So, yeah. and Okay. And um, this makes me think of a couple of things, and so I'm going to touch on them, but the first one is the metaphor of the mosaic, mm-hmm. the mosaic piece of mm-hmm, art. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something that actually came out of my mouth for someone else. And as I was speaking it, I learned. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's a cool, cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, gosh, not that long ago, I had trial by fire in a huge way and I was attacked by my community. And that was probably one of the most shocking and unexpected things and um, i had a tribe of like-minded individuals and things got ugly well when things get ugly um, or people get tested our ugly parts show Mm -hmm. and so i um was experiencing all of this and so at the tail end of it i was all about it didn't happen i'm hiding it it no one needs to know it's under the rug right okay Mm -hmm. so just wanted to give you that point of reference so the mosaic really is about the different tiles of the mosaic it's not about the greater whole it's about those small pieces of tile that you place into that mosaic to create that greater picture that bigger piece of art And some of the pieces, I love the colors, like the turquoise and the sage green and the purples, all the beautiful hues. But then there's, like, the funky, ugly color that you're like, what is that? It's like murky puddle of mud water color, you know? And... And maybe you don't think it's so pretty, but if you think about all of your life experiences as one of those tiles, and they're not all going to be the perfect, bright, brilliant one that you love, it's going to be different colors, it's going to, and those colors represent the experiences that you have. But when you place it all up on that mosaic, on that wall, or that piece of art you're creating, and you look back, it's the contrast that's the beauty. Mm-hmm. And so that is our light and dark. Right. right? That is our light and dark. So if we look at it as our life as this mosaic, then that is one aspect of light and dark. And now we can just embrace it. The other piece I want to talk about is that, okay, so we can look at it on a more metaphoric level. We can intellectualize it. We can feel it. But what about acting? Mm. Because when we're afraid and we have darkness, we can be just thinking about it and never taking action and Sometimes it's like a court case or something really scary, you know. Or maybe it might just be asking for the raise that you want right. from your boss. Right, And we run from it. We just think that they're going to, like, understand that I want this without ever having to ask for what we want or ever having to walk through the hardest parts. And so in the real world of, like, acting and creating in your life, this light and dark, like you have to embrace the dark just like you embrace the light. So I want you to like think about like walking through the darkness as like you're piercing through it, like trusting. So take a moment right now, I'm gonna challenge everyone listening, and think of something that you maybe have been avoiding, that you might wanna say darkness, (laughs) right? A little darkness, a little scary, I've been avoiding it, been putting my head in the sand a bit, okay? And instead of putting your head in the sand, I want you to, like, put your head up and illuminate. Put, the, put your light on it. Yeah. From your from love. No judgment. Compassion. Right? Compa- with all the all compassion. All the compassion you can muster. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and I now want you to find that solution through it. Give yourself the one step, the one courageous step you can take to move through that darkness. I feel like that is... The real true meaning of understanding your light and your dark.
1: And I will say too, like that one step. So what she means about the one step. um, I think this is what you mean. I'm going to assume this is what you mean. Um, It doesn't have to be huge, guys. It can be the the littlest step. You know, just the fact of acknowledging something. Mm -hmm. Just the fact of accepting something. A behavior um, that may be showing up. Right. Like that's a step. Yeah. And then, you know, the coach and me will say, and then now what? Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause now yeah. there's another step, right? Because yeah. that's what we're doing here. We we're constantly changing, constantly evolving. That's what this whole human experience is about, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, so I would say, you know, just don't get too caught up on the step. You know, the step can be something very small, yeah. but, but really search your soul. I would say your soul rather than your mind, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, I really like to come from the heart rather than the mind, and um, that's another great thing about meditating so much is you're able to do that a bit easier um, when you meditate and you have a you have a consistent practice. That's right. been my experience. So, um, you know, just about the step, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be completely life altering. Something simple. Yep. And then
0: kind of add the meditation thing. So I I remember um, it was back in two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten, and I remember driving in my car, and I had just meditated and had my morning ritual, and I was off to work. I worked in corporate America at the time, you know, doing my thing, running a multi million dollar, branch of a of a large company, and I had some stress, you know, (laughs) like a lot of you probably have and all of a sudden as i'm driving by the way which was probably the safest thing but it happened i all of a sudden zoomed out and I, it was like as if i was all of a sudden a small speck on the planet like i just zoomed out just had that quick visual as i was driving and then i zoomed back in and then i had that moment of you know all of the problems all of the things that feel so big are really like a tiny grain of sand between my two fingers and I'm just rolling it around between my fingers I've got this I don't care how big you really are in a position how it is not matter how big the thing is like you really are made for this otherwise it wouldn't be happening exactly so think of this you are so mighty and it's like a small grain of sand now how do you get that perspective meditation because mm-hmm. I can will it for you. We can try to talk about it all day long. But meditation really does give you that perspective. Yeah. And when you can zoom out and then zoom in, it's the small, powerful action that you take that really chips away at what feels really big at times. But really, you have everything in you to do it. Yeah. So when she talks about meditation, that's kind of another aspect of it. It's yeah. like thinking of it as, as your biggest stuff is really a small grain of sand. But it won't feel that way sometimes. It'll feel right. hard. Just keep walking through it. Right. Absolutely. So do we want to shift from light and dark to the masculine and feminine? Yeah. Oh. I love that topic. Me
1: too. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about it. There There's is a lot. A lot, a lot of it. And I think all... You know, I'm going to just... I'm going to talk about it from a yogi standpoint. Yes. <clears throat> um, so in what I teach... Uh, we, do, we do something called Kriya work, and there is a particular Kriya that I teach almost every single time that I am teaching a group of people, and it is called Shiva Shakti. And so um, for those that may not know, um, Shiva energy is really, really um, a masculine energy, and it is all about destruction which is absolutely 100% needed. I think we hear the word destruction and just some stuff comes up because of the conditioning that we have, right? And so um, in the yoga world, you know, in order to, so Shiva is um, destruction and then Shakti is creation. And so in the yoga world, we are very, very clear that there has been a lot of conditioning, right? And so we know that it is imperative that we actually destroy what has already been in order to create new. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that you completely destroy all of who you are and all of, you know, but there are definitely some things. There's some things that don't serve us. That's just the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's, you know, you like to eat a bag of chips at night, right? Mm -hmm. Or whether it's you said you're going to go to yoga class, but you just found something else to do instead. I mean, there are some things that we wish that we can... Mm -hmm. adjust. So I think that um, for me, I I do the Shiva Shakti Kriya almost every day. And it's extremely powerful to just really balance the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. Right? And we all have masculine and feminine inside of us. Just because we're a man doesn't mean we have more masculine. I actually, to be quite honest with you, probably have more masculine energy than I do feminine energy. Mm -hmm. So I am definitely come more from a Shiva place um so I get to work on working on my Shakti right Mm -hmm. and so I just thought maybe I'd bring that piece of it in you know because we do talk about a lot of things here and um the yogic way of looking at this and just you know from the Bhagavad Gita you know Shiva and Shakti and all the other characters in there I think that um it will be a good... It's it's just more tools, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to bring your tools and this is like a little something that I'll bring. And um, so I just wanted to share that with you. And I'm sure there'll be times that we will put links on here of like maybe some Kriyas. You know, mm-hmm. we do have a YouTube channel. It's private at the moment. But, you know, we're thinking about making it public. We might be able to offer some of that too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes. So back to the masculine and feminine. I... Yes, the Shiva Shakti. I, I get that. And... Um, only because I studied that too, <laughs> so um, I just don't practice it um, still. But the 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 masculine and feminine, I think that the key is that we will never really have a perfect balance. It's about it becoming more fluid, right, in our lives. And so when I think of fluidity, I I read tarot. I've been reading tarot for over twenty five years. <laughs> it's a long time. I'm giggling because I'm having like the... I really have grown older, haven't I? Um, I'm not 20-something anymore. But when I was 20-something, I was really young. I studied tarot and, and I've been practicing it for many, many years. And I immediately think of the the temperance card, which always has the infinity symbol. Mm. And so the fluidity to me, is the infinity. It's about the constant movement and flow of that... You know, the infinity sign is like a figure eight, right? So it's that constant, like, in and out, weaving through. And when we can allow that flow to happen, then I think we find the balance between the two or the harmony between the two. When... um, But I I have to say, and I want to add to this because it, it definitely will... Um, bring us to a different episode down the road. We cannot spend all day on this, but um, the, one of the things that I'm feeling really moved to do is help heal the feminine within my own work. And I know you feel the same. Mm-hmm. And the message I've, I've been really kind of following and allowing to move through me is we can never really find the harmony between the two without healing them individually yeah so we need to heal the feminine we need to heal the masculine for there to be a true merging right and you know balance is a myth my friends yeah okay there is never equal slices of the pie there's never you know like recognize that stop trying to put it into a cookie Mm -hmm. cutter because it's not you're not it's energy. Yeah. Energy is, you cannot touch it. And actually, we are energy. We just happen to be a soul or energy in a physical body. So we look like we are, um, like, something solid. Right. But really, we're not. Right. We're so much more than that. So when we start thinking about the masculine and feminine, I, I want us to also think, I embrace both parts of that. And I allow them to move through my life as needed. Yeah. Because they do. There's roles to feminine, and masculine. So again, this could be its own episode. We totally. could talk all day yeah, about we this. Can. But let's really, you know. And I identify as Cherie Grace does with this, like masculine. I've always been a very masculine, feminine, and I've I'm I'm one of action, right? If you want something done, if you want to create something, like I'm your girl, and 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 people know that about me, right? So they know if I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna do it, unless it's an absolute, like it doesn't work out because it's not supposed to be, but. If it's if it's the doors are gonna open, I'm gonna walk through them.
1: Right. Can I ask this question though? Yes. Like this is a cool question to ask because yeah. so with that being said, we you right before that you talked about healing. Yeah. So isn't it an interesting thing? I also get to heal my feminine wounds, right? And I got a lot of them, right? We a lot yeah. of us women have a lot of these wounds. Yes, ma'am. Um and uh I I wonder if um I wonder if I have more masculine energy because that seemed um easier in yes. a way for me. Yes. Because uh the other stuff is a lot of work. Yeah. Right? Because I've been on I've been on this journey for a long time working on this yeah. feminine touchy feely stuff. Yeah. And so it's like you know, <laughs> I, I just gravitated towards what was um maybe easiest. And a little more simple. Yeah. There's a some little simplicity more, right? to the masculine. Like think about that. The
0: masculine is just like just do it. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yep. Just, just go get it. Like, make it happen. Right? But, yeah. But the feminine is, let's process. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it. Let's
1: heal. Let's reflect. Let's create. Like, let's create. Yeah. All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that I think that's a really cool thing to think about. And I'm sure our listeners can identify with this because yeah. um, this is a thing. This is a thing. This is a thing. But I want
0: us to also just open up the dialogue and open up the possibilities for, I'm, I'm both
1: yeah and we are.
0: and i I as in yourself, I am ready to explore what that means to me, yeah, you know, and that is part of this pillar. it's just exploring, yeah, it's exploring it, and um I feel drawn to help heal the feminine wound. I don't feel drawn to heal the masculine wound at least at this time in my life and i feel like there's someone else that might be better suited for that i agree absolutely and so i want to encourage you to seek that whatever that looks like right in your own life all right so then the last section of this is that heart and mind embracing heart and mind oh my gosh so to me this was like a huge piece of my personal transformation brings me back to course of miracles, like clearly yeah. really far back early nineties. Y'all like when I was like 1920, I've, I've been to see, I say I've been a seeker my whole life. I mean, this is really a thing and maybe we'll spend an episode sharing our stories. Yeah. Cause her and I have similar stories, which we found out after <laughs> sharing stories. So we had kind of the giggle, but, uh, but this, this journey has, I think I've always known there's something greater out there. But when I think about my spiritual quest, my real spiritual quest started when i walked away from christianity and said i think there's something more out there and the only reason why i did that is because the the part that the religion i was part of was so fixed and they were not open-minded to all religion and there was a lot of judgment and judgment and i don't hang out really well so i was kind of catapulted into seeking out more. And then that's when Mary Williamson came into my life and, and returned to love and oh, a woman's worth. Yes. Oh, if there was ever a book I would give to every yep. every woman that I know, it's a woman's worth. Yes. So um here, here. Yes. And they're really inexpensive, <laughs> you know, on yeah. Amazon for like five or six oh, bucks. They're yeah. not very expensive. <laughs> it's worth a read. Um, but heart and mind, oh, and like re- recognizing the that they're separate but yet one and they're here to work with each other. Um, what do you think about when you think of
1: heart and mind? Well, you know, I immediately, when you read that part, um, I talk about in, um, meditation a lot, um, using your breath and your breath is the pathway to your heart. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of times in yoga, we do, we do want to shut down the mind a bit, right? Mm -hmm. But. In the kind of yoga that I study it's not about really shutting down the mind it's about um, it's why we do a lot of movements a lot of mudras and a lot of hand movements and stuff is we what we're trying to do is we're we're giving our mind what it wants mm. right the mind wants to continue to be busy yeah right and then at the same time we're actually breathing which Is proven that does slow down some receptors that you got going on in the brain Mm -hmm. right and so in that in that time and in that space for me I'm able to really access my heart and and speak from my heart Um, it's very hard to do if you don't give yourself that time right Right. and so that's the cool thing about you know like we can talk about what these things are meaning for us but also we want to give you guys um, practical tools to use And so even if it's just stopping for that one moment, closing your eyes down and just rooting down into the earth and just taking a nice breath in and a beautiful exhale. Yeah. Right there, you guys are doing so much for yourself. And at that moment, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, before you respond, just take a breath. Yep. you know and this is what they're talking about mm-hmm. is and and it you really are able to access your heart in this way mm-hmm. and so I think that's what that means for me mm-hmm. and I, I think um, another thing that I just want to just touch on because you had mentioned this and you talked about like the beginning of your spiritual path mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to share here um, because I want you guys to know who I am and I want you to know where I come from <clears throat> I grew up without Any real concept of God and I will even say that I grew up without any real concept of light so you guys can imagine like my stuff was pretty dark for me and dark for my mother and you know kind of just got passed down Um, it wasn't until 2004 that I actually um, entered into a 12-step program that I really started To create a relationship and really understand um, what this whole God thing was about. And what spirituality was about. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's a good thing for our listeners to know. Um, Again, there's several ways to get to the same thing. Yes. And this is a way that, um, that, that I took... And the cool thing is, is that, you know, I don't know if any of the listeners out there know about 12 step program, but there is a part in there where they talk about, you know, um, having a spiritual experience. And that's what happened for me is I had a spiritual experience and I began to seek outside of the 12 step for that spirituality. And so I studied with, uh, with somebody in Buddhism for five years mm-hmm. and then from there you know I went on and I got into yoga and everything but that was that was my inception point point. Yeah. and I think it's a cool thing because I don't know that a lot of people would think about that like you found God or you found your spirituality yeah. through a 12-step program but I actually did yeah and so and I did what the program taught me to do and I had a spiritual awakening and then I was just off you know, right. and, and then the studies just continued and here I am today. So yeah. I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because you did sure. talk about like how sure. how it started for you and yeah. I, I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. Right. Well,
0: and it is, it does still relate to the heart and mind concept because um, oftentimes we walk around, we don't even realize it, but we're in our head, we're in our head. And until the heart gets activated, we don't even realize there's a contrast. Right. And so you're talking about the breath, which I loved. And then I just want to add to the breath and say heart check. Yeah. Right? So this is like a name I came up with years ago by accident while teaching something. So I call it the heart check. So, um, or you can call it connecting to your inner compass Uh or just breathing into yourself. Like I feel like that was such a beautiful way to put it. And so, um, knowing the difference between the two and you won't know the difference between the two unless you check in. So, using your breath, like Cherie was saying, and then from there really listening and asking yourself, am I coming from my head or am I coming from my heart? And both are okay. It's just knowing which one is navigating, which one's in, which one are you like which one's on at the wheel. And sometimes your head is not going to be of your greatest service because
1: sometimes our head comes from fear and it okay. comes from just things that you remember you know yeah, it's like mouth. you have a thought you have a thought but then you have something and it connects and then there you are and you're you're in this experience that's not even actually in the experience you're in right now it's pulling from something from, from the, the past.
0: past from the past like old hurts <laughs> yeah. you're, so your mind is is really beautiful but it does remember and it will um, keep you safe Mm-hmm. Okay, and keeping you safe does mean playing small, mm-hmm. and then the heart is our to me our connector to spirit, um, and so I've always taught from that um, concept that our higher self is where the heart will, or our higher self is guiding us through the heart, um, it also guides us through our intuition, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. We're talking about just the heart in itself, which is like our emotions and our feelings. And then the mind is like our thoughts and our concepts. So we love the mind. It is not the enemy. It is our idea, creator, generator. But our heart will let us know if it is right for us. It will guide us and lead us. So really you really learning how to become the master of the two, I think, is key. Yes. And loving the two for what they offer and what they can bring. Right. And not letting one run away with the whole kit and caboodle. Because if you listen to your heart... Um, solely then you may just never really get where you need to go where if you allow the mind to so then guess what you're on autopilot so we've got to you know really find that beautiful uh, sense of balance between the two is all i wanted to add to it okay so i'm going to read the second portion and then um because obviously we love this topic we do (laughs) all right so um, i'm going to read the whole thing again and like stop at the next part opening the doorway to healing by embracing both light and dark masculine and feminine heart and mind all right and the next section says awakening the sacred spiral of universal love (laughs) which generates radical aliveness and passion within so i just immediately think about sacred contracts soul's purpose like chakra system the chakra system yeah all of it yeah. like and how that is a path those are pathways to that and, um, I, you know, there's a lot to be said here, but when we are allowing this beautiful sacred harmony and fluidity of light and dark, masculine, and feminine, heart and mind, when we're allowing that to happen and move through us, which is, means we're allowing for healing, then the awakening can pierce through the veil that we've created, you know, as yeah. human beings. Like, it's a protection thing where we, we forget who we are right. until, we, until we remember. right. And that's what this is talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, meditation and spiritual awakening will um, yeah. connect us to our sacred purpose. So
1: um, what would you like to add to that
0: conversation?
1: Um, well, go, go over the last part because I'm trying to sure. remember what part so, we're in here. Cause yep, it's awakening,
0: a big one. yep, awakening the sacred spiral of universal love, which generates radical
1: aliveness and passion within. Okay, so... The first portion of it, as I said earlier, um, a few minutes ago, it automatically just makes me think of the chakra system, mm, yeah. which is a whole other world, um, for, for our listeners that know about that, you know exactly what I'm saying. Um, and so that last portion is really, I think you might've said it is really about healing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places in our body that we hold things, and they came up with this brilliant, brilliant system, that um, and and certain practices that you can do to work through those, you know, that part of your system. And so I feel like um, once you do that, and that's not something that you do one time. By the way, guys, it's something that you know. It's like a, the the whole concept of surrender. It's not just something you do once. You surrender sometimes several times a day. But I think once you do that kind of work Mm -hmm. like it is definitely easier to bring everything into harmony and that's really what we've been talking about like this entire episode is just really just you know embracing all of this stuff that makes up who sheree grace is right and so that is when i can live in harmony whatever harmony looks like for me right because it's not going to be this isn't a one-size-fits-all this is like you know, this may be different for everyone. And, and it is going to be different for everyone. And I think that's a big part of, you know, this podcast is just um, being able to kind of look at all of that. Look at look at all of the different types of people and situations. And, um, you know, taking what we're saying here and just applying it to your particular situation. You know, so yeah, I think that's that, that last piece. That's what I would, you know, for me, it just chakra system comes up. We will have, I'm sure, episodes on chakra system and, and mm-hmm. what all that is and, and healing, you know, the first and second, the lower triangle and all that all that cool yeah. stuff. So yeah. yeah. And so this
0: is really um the threshold of your awakening is where this pillar really falls into place for us. So when we awaken to that universal love, which means you are universal love, that oneness. Mm-hmm you know, then we really start to live. Yeah. And, and we've all touched on it. Even if you are someone who's just starting your spiritual journey, you have touched this in your lifetime. You just may not have realized that's what you were doing. Um, and if you have been on a spiritual journey, then you're probably familiar with what it feels like and you wish you could have more of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think we all can say here, here to that. Yeah. Um, but this is really a, a key piece and, you know, really feeling alive and whole. Yeah. and what does it mean to feel whole and and knowing that no it doesn't mean you get to walk around feeling enlightened and perfect all the time it's just touching on it and allowing us to um, I think it's like we're making room for those moments of alignment to happen um, with a practice we say okay I'm open to feeling awakened and connected and I'm ready for those moments of inspiration and clarity yeah. so that I can go and be the things that I want to be in this life. And guess what? We get to create our own life. And yes. I think we forget that we are the master creators. So... I agree. That is my add to that. But I do believe that when we talk about passion and feeling alive, it's not necessarily, um, you know, bungee jumping off of a bridge it is really just waking up and being excited about what yeah. you to create that day
1: or discovering our truth really you yeah. know yeah and what we feel like yeah
0: because I think that what we who we really are beneath all the things that we've told ourselves we were <laughs>
1: yeah
0: being our authentic selves is um a very freeing experience once you can figure out what that means yeah and, and it does take a practice to do that So uh, we've been pulling an oracle card every episode. We pulled once again, and today's episode, we pulled the sun, and we are pulling from the mystical shaman oracle deck, and uh, we're gonna just give you some food for thought as uh, we end the episode for your own personal reflection. The essence of the sun is to acknowledge um, our true essence, right? and the sun is acknowledged by many cultures as the foremost masculine force but how however in other traditions it is also seen as the feminine in her full power so either way it is the most brilliant light for all beings and allows life to sprout from the dark so think about that we we're talking about light and dark and so the sun energy it can be either masculine or feminine but it is in my opinion, when I think about the sun, I, I always think about connecting to the divine and um, how it can... Because the way it just illuminates like, yeah. everything and it helps everything grow. And so, to me, the sun resonates with this pillar, not only with the, the light and dark and the masculine and feminine, but that, that, that sacred life, that, that the source of, of our existence. We would not exist without the sun. Right. Nothing Our plants, our food, everything would not exist without Mm -hmm. the sun. And so I think connecting to that and and recognizing that it is here to nurture us and empower us, whether it's darkness or light. Um, It is here to feed our soil so we can be and do and heal. Yep. So here, here
1: to that. Is there any last words you'd like to share? Um, Just that I'm super excited. This feels really right and very authentic. And I hope that our listeners out there are really getting some really good, juicy stuff from these conversations, and we have more to come, so certainly stay tuned. Yes, and we're going to be reviewing our third and final pillar on our
0: next episode. Yes. So be looking forward to that. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.